Introducing the new way to play daily fantasy with Jock Market. Jock Market, which is Jock MKT, is where daily fantasy sports becomes a stock exchange. Buy and sell shares of players with other users in real time. Make money every hour, every minute, every second of every game. Daily contests are live for NBA and PGA, and NFL contests are launching week one. Take control of your fantasy sports experience and download Jock Market now in the App Store. Android's coming soon. Football podcast. It's Tuesday, Emory Hunt Day. Emory, what's going on, man? Cool, man. How you doing? Nice intro. You you're amped this morning. I tell you what, I've been up for a while, so uh, yeah, I got a lot of energy. I'm, I'm on like a like 1 p.m. energy right now. I see that. <laughs> yeah. Goodness. I'm on like about to have lunch. <laughs> I'm in European time. Uh, uh, very special guest today. Um, he's been begging to come on the show for weeks, and I said, finally, all right, fine. Week one, you can come. Chris Vaccaro. Nando, I see you're still lying um, all the time, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, that's good. I guess, you know, the energy that you bring on the show is probably because of that two-year-old baby you got running around having you up at five in the morning. So this is midday to you. That is, that's right. Actually, you're exactly right. Yes. It was 5.15. <laughs> How intuitive. He's not a fantasy high-stakes Hall of Famer. What do you call yourself when you introduce yourself to girls? You say I'm a high-stakes Hall of Famer or NFFC Hall of Famer? No, that's how you introduce me when we're out and there's <laughs> girls around and, and embarrass the hell out of me. But uh, I introduce myself as Chris. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, Chris and Emery, so by the – like I've been wanting to get them together for a while again because they just, it's just like an incredible one-two punch um, of just like Chris's strategy – and Emery's scouting, and it just makes for like this beautiful, harmonious ball of fantasy goodness. So uh, I don't know. I don't want to waste any time with me talking. The networks didn't want to see us. The, the networks didn't want to see us thrive, man. We we were the first. We had the first podcast here. All three of us, remember? Oh, That's remember right. We were drinking. Emery, yeah, yeah. we drinking. It was, oh, apartment, yeah. the first ever one. Yeah, networks didn't want to see us shine, man. No, they hold us you know, down. They, they can't stop us now. <laughs> I get why well, I get. I mean, we're recording. It. I don't know if it's going to make it, but let's just assume that it's going to make it to iTunes. So, <laughs> uh, let's jump right in. Uh, by the way, both Chris and Emery have stories up on the site today. Uh, if you want to read that, like, you're obviously going to like what you're hearing. If you'd like to see how it translates to the written word, uh, it's theathletic.com/slash/fantasyfootballpod. We'll get you forty percent off, which is the like you can't. I mean, you can Google for a better deal if you want, but that's the best one out there right now. Um, I mean, unless you had T-Mobile a few weeks ago, that was free. But this is the athletic.com slash fantasy football pod for 40% off, which is like almost halfway to free. So uh, let's go. I want to start in Kansas City. Uh, Emory, I want to start with you. Um, Chris wrote about this, and Daryl Williams is the headline. You know, he, he's shooting up these high stakes draft boards. Everyone's kind of all over him. Um, we talked a couple weeks ago about Clyde Edwards Hilaire and how you liked him, and that made me like him. But uh, what happened to Darwin Thompson? Can you just give us a quick, like, backfield update here and how you see things shaking out? Because I remember last year it was like, Darwin Thompson is going to be the star. And this isn't you, but a bunch of fantasy people, the group think. Darwin Thompson is going to be the starter. He's going to take over. Damian Williams sucks. Darwin Thompson's the greatest thing ever. And then we, you know, didn't see him at all. And now all of a sudden uh, he's been supplanted by Daryl Williams. Uh, and all these, like, no one's being like, well, what happened, you know, eight months ago, Daryl or a year ago, Darwin Thompson was going to be the man. Uh, can you just help us shake uh, shake this tree and see what falls out, please? There are a couple of sayings that have become the lexicon of Twitter or, or you know, of, or social media, what have you. You know, one of them is, but can they beat Bama? You know, that that's one, you know, because everybody, any game you win, they want to compare you to, you know, well, could they beat Bama, right? And then the second one that I've noticed, this is a recent one. This is like flying up the power rankings, if you if you may. But does he run in the slot? How much does he play in the slot? Does he compete in passing game? All those things like that. Because when they see certain backs like Dar- Darwin Thompson or any back that is under 220 pounds, they instantly all, always think, oh, well, can this guy play in the slot? What he does in the passing game? What's his market share in the slot? I swear they could take, quote unquote, the slot 
throw it away. Like I'm so sick of hearing <laughs> does running back X do work in the slot. You could line them up outside. Like, man, I, I want to curse because that's how strongly and passionate I feel about this in the slot. We're, and we're a family show. Exactly. We're, we're family. We can't, we can't show, do this. Yeah. You know, can't do this. Yeah. Got a two year old running around. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> she's been, she's been neutralized. Still. <laughs> but I think what happened with Thompson is, you know, he came in raw, uh, you know, because he was he only had the one year of FBS football at Utah State because he transferred in from a JUCO. So he came in a bit raw. He had the athletic traits, you know, speed, explosiveness. Then he got hurt. So he was dealing with all those things. Um, and that's why his rookie season didn't pan out the way a lot of people thought it would. And people forgot about the guys that just kind of be around the team. Williams is one of those guys. Um, the other Williams is one of those guys, too. Uh, so you, you saw those guys tend to get the the reps because it's about it's a trust thing and right now coaches trust daryl williams more so than thompson that doesn't mean there's not a role for thompson thompson has to prove himself trustworthy in order to get out there on the field so he may be someone we see start to garner some steam later in the year chris if you got pick number seven uh are you, are you a clyde edwards hilaire guy do you know i'm not are you on this no i'm actually a total oh. fade of clyde edwards hilaire uh this year in fantasy uh nando and emory um you know a lot of people are high on him he's going as high as five now in fantasy drafts people you know were shying away from kamara uh in the first with all the you know the holdout news and the back issues and all that stuff so i've seen a lot of clyde at five listen everybody wants a piece of the chief's backfield of, of in that offense but you know, early in the season, if a, a rookie like Clyde Hilaire, Clyde Hilaire struggles to pick up a blitz, they're not, you know, uh, fails on a couple assignments here and there. Andy Reid isn't going to hesitate to go to Darrell Williams, a, a vet now that has been in that system for a couple years. Um, you know, as good as Hilaire is and everybody wants to immediately give him the, the throne, it's – there's a lot of – I'd rather – you know, lean towards the safety uh, picks in that first round with the Derrick Henrys and, and Dalvin Cooks, guys that are established. So, um, no, I'm, I'm off of Clyde Hilaire, but it's an interesting backfield. I think it all turned around in fantasy drafts once uh, DeAndre Washington got released, surprisingly, um, yeah. last week. And he was going in the Darrell Williams range. You know, DeAndre Washington was that PPR running back type that was like, oh, wait, he's got the rapport with Patrick Mahomes. They've played together at Texas Tech for whatever that means. Um, you know, he's he was coming off the board in that 110, 125 range. And now it's Darrell Williams, who I was getting in the 19th and 20th rounds, the last couple of rounds of drafts. People forget how good Darrell Williams was for this Chiefs team when he was healthy these last couple of years. Emery, feel free to jump in here. I don't have to guide this show if you've got something you want to say back to Vaccaro. I, I just I, think uh, I, I'm all for Vaccaro too, by the way. I'm all in on on Edwards Hilaire. I think a lot of people in the fantasy community um, just they need to see it before they saw it already. Mm -hmm. But that's the beauty of this show. You can predict on who's going to be that guy. See, you, you see right now everyone is jumping on James Robinson. Well, this show spoke about him a couple of weeks ago and was like, this is the guy that's going to be the guy in the backfield. Um, just like it was hilarious. So don't feel hesitant to go and draft him. He's mm -hmm. the guy and he's going to perform talent outweighs everything. Much. Emery, let me ask you this much compared to a Derrick Henry, um, a Dalvin cook, you know, it's not about not liking Clyde Hilaire. I love Clyde Hilaire myself. I'm just saying for people that are drafting Clyde Hilaire goes in that fifth, sixth, seventh range. Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, guys that have the whole backfield to themselves get 25 touches a game, probably upwards. They're all going to get 20-plus carries a game. How many carries do you see a guy like Clyde Hilaire getting in this cheap offense on a weekly basis compared to, you know, proven studs, like I said, like those guys? And, and that's what we're really comparing in the fantasy game. How, how many take, carries do you think he would get? Let's take all of Damian Williams' touches and carries per game last year mm -hmm. and give that to someone that's better. So there's your answer. It doesn't matter how many touches or carries he gets because let's say he gets the same amount of work Damian Williams got last year. He's so much better as a player, he's going to produce. So what may have been a 12-carry day for Damian Williams that netted 60 yards – that 12-carry day could be 120 for 
you know, a guy like Clyde Edwards Hilaire because he's just a better runner. Um, you look at the catches. If he got three catches, Damian Williams got three catches for like 45 yards and touchdown. Mm-hmm. Those three catches may be the same, you know, because he still has the same level of explosiveness. I think people tend to need to see the evidence first, but that's, that's uh hindsight analysis. And just for me, looking at what this guy does well and just giving him the same amount of work that Damian Williams got, he's going to produce better results. Do you do you feel that when the Chiefs are inside the five-yard line, they'll have Clyde Hilaire in there all the time, or they'll have Darrell Williams, a veteran, in, in there, a bigger back? I mean, if you have a guy that can score from 80, you probably won't get inside the five. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But, you know, I think for, for them, it's – um. And I see. I'm glad I see this now, as opposed to back in the day. And I say back in the day, but like you know, '90s and stuff like that, early 2000s, um, before this this trend of getting overly creative for no reason, um, which means you get predictable by uh, by personnel. The Saints are notoriously famous for this. You know, you get predictable by personnel. Oh, when when they had Ingram, and um, I think it was Ingram and Pierre Thomas or someone like that. When they brought Ingram in the game. So, okay, here's a run play, you know, so Kansas City would be best not being predictable. So it would be wise for them to have their best personnel out there at all times, which is why I think they went with a guy like Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the first round because they wouldn't have to take him off the field. Yeah. No, I, I, I think he's going to be, you know, a, a really big piece. I think he's going to be, a, you know, a great fantasy player this year in Kansas City. I just worry about the I probably game. would take him and, over. And Cook. there's no doubt he can definitely do more with less compared to these other backs that go in the first round that have the whole backfield to themselves and will probably touch the ball 10, 12 more times a game. Because fantasy nowadays it's it, it's a it's a volume game. And if I can guarantee myself volume in, in the first round, guys that are getting twenty-five carries and five catches a game like a Dalvin Cook, compared to maybe getting disappointed on opening night when Clyde Hilaire only gets 11 carries and Darrell Williams gets nine and Darwin gets three. Uh, you know, it's that's just where I lean. But I agree with you. Uh, I think Clyde's going to put up huge numbers in this offense. Chris, where, where would he be? Where would you be comfortable? Is he like, and I know this isn't realistic, but just, just wondering uh, to get a, get a feel of how you strategically play this game. Mm-hmm. If uh, Edwards Hilaire was like, his ADP was, I don't know, 12 or if it was like 16 or yeah, are we listen, looking at like 22 like what, what is it, what's the comfort spot yeah I, I, listen I, we're splitting hairs probably here it's not like maybe i'm talking and coming off as if i'm like uh you know oh, he should be a third rounder no i'm yeah we're getting, we're getting a lot of comments on twitter about what you're saying right now <laughs> back end of the first uh, back end of the first round in terms of like 9 to 11 in, in that range like i said the backs that i mentioned i won't say them again those are the guys i would put ahead of him uh on the board uh by the way, since we got Vaquero talking, uh, you demanded that I put Zach Moss's photo on your column. I did uh, last night, and with a bunch I actually of told you I'd quit unless you do that, right? Then uh, you made that. You've said that a bunch of times. And our friendship would be over. I said all those things. Actually, but, well, uh, if you quit, but our friendship probably would remain strong. I would assume. <laughs> it's a it's a business, you know, the bond, like you always say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna get. Let me get into the Buffalo backfield. Zach Moss. Um, his photo is on the site today. You can see it from training camp. We use an AP image. Uh, there aren't a lot of Zach Moss images, surprisingly. But, uh, I mean, it, again, it, it brings me back to this whole, like, all of a sudden people are off Devin Singletary. Is that a thing? H- how are you framing Zach Moss right now as the guy who's going to take over, right? That's what you said. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it sure seems that way. All the reports out of camp, um, you know, and Singletary struggling with fumbling, um, Uh, Zach Moss is the preferred back now in the high stakes market. And we've seen a complete switch. um, Whereas Singletary was going in that high fifties, mid sixties range earlier, you know, earlier in draft season about a month ago and Zach Moss, you could get after pick 100. Well, now as the weeks have gone on and, and, and like I said, all these reports have come out from beat writers that Moss looks like he might be the lead guy and Singletary spelling him in this Buffalo offense. Zach Moss's ADP has skyrocketed right past Singletary, whereas people are drafting Moss as the starter and Singletary as the backup. So, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more in on Moss. I've never been a big Singletary guy. So uh, if I could get Moss at a good price in drafts this week, uh, I'm taking it. Emery, I'd like to hear your opinion on this backfield. 
I think it's going to look a lot like what we saw last year from Buffalo with Frank Gore and Singletary. I think Singletary, because of his fumbling issues, probably is best suited to be that complimentary guy because we know coaches love to bury backs that fumble the football. You saw that with Rashad Penny out there in Seattle, which allowed Chris Carson to put a stranglehold on that role and get started despite Penny being the more talented back. You can't trust someone that puts the ball on the ground. The other issue is that with Moss, and we saw this at Utah, he stays banged up. You know, so Bruising both back, guys, right? I think. Bruising back, huh? Emory, right? It doesn't it doesn't evade defenders. And, and you know, it's, it always has – he's taking on contact. So, you're right, he's a bruising back. You know, he shows some shiftiness at times, but for the most part, he takes on far too much contact and finds himself always nicked and banged up. So, this is a backfield where it doesn't matter if you take Moss or Singletary. I think both guys can give you – what you need in the run game, especially because they're paired with a guy that adds so much to the run game in Josh Allen. Yeah, and, and Nando, and just to wrap up on on Moss. Um, well, we wrap up when I say we wrap up. Yes, you're, you're right. <laughs> Sorry, sir. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. No, see, this goes to more about like draft strategy and everything. See, you know, running backs are flying off the board in, in drafts right now. They, you know, they're moving up the the bell cow backs, and it starts getting desolate in the third round. And when you can look down the board and get an RB3 or RB4 in that seventh, eighth round, and he could potentially be a starter on a very good team. I mean, at least I think Buffalo has a potential to be a 10-win team, if not more. On an offense with a good line, um, and if he's the lead guy, you that's how you win fantasy drafts this year. You hit on a guy like Zach Moss, who the Bills will probably be playing with a lead in a lot of their games. They're in a, in a division that's weak. Uh, they'll be playing those teams six times. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a home run pick right there. If Moss comes out and he's a 20 carry a game guy and he takes over the backfield, that's, uh, you know, that's a big pick right there in fantasy drafts. That's why guys are going for him. Well, you know, what it's been for me is, uh, Brian, Brian Dable, as long as like the last two years, but really in his entire career as an offensive coordinator, uh, last couple of years, the bills have been sixth. In 2018 and 2019 in rushing attempts, and then ninth and eighth in rushing yards, and uh, only 30th and 24th in passing attempts. So mm-hmm. that's, I mean, you got to, he's like, almost like Greg Roman in a way. Like he's just a like run first coordinator. Right. Um, and don't forget you know, that those, Buffalo weather come November and December, you know, that's, that's a perfect type of running back to put in Buffalo in those winter months, pounding the ball left and right. You know, I think he fits more than that, you know, m- you know system more than Devin Singletary does. Interesting. Well, I guess we'll see, right? We shall. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, uh, a lot of sponsors heard Chris Vaccaro was going to be on the show today, and they came flocking to us. Um, so we got so we got Manscaped. They're back. So congratulations to us on a wonderful Manscaped read last week. Uh, we got Roman. They're coming up in a little bit. Um, but really quickly, I want to just take a quick break. Uh, we got another sponsor, and we're going to hear from them. We'll be right back with more Chris Vaccaro and Emery Hunt on a Tuesday. Okay, we are back. Um, really quickly, Emery, uh, we didn't get. We talked about the Jacksonville situation last week, but uh, Leonard Fournette going to the Bucks. This is kind of a two-part question. Answer whichever one you'd like. But a does, does Fournette going to the Bucks um, kind of say like, look, dude, like Ronald Jones, like Bruce Arians keeps saying he likes Ronald Jones, but we drafted a guy and now we brought in Leonard Fournette, who's awesome. Um, and then two, like, is this like going to be one of those things week one Fournette like 16 for one Oh two and two touchdowns? Like how's, how's this going to look? I have no, I have no idea how this is going to look. Yeah. I have no idea either, but I do know that they're going to bring, they're going to give Fournette the football. Um, you know, they're going to show or, you know, tip their hat to Ronald Jones for being their guy all throughout camp and showing improvement over last year. And, you know, coming in the camp, not, I don't want to say in better shape, but it has better, better body composition um, showed that he worked hard over the over the course of the the uh, quarantine, and so they're going to reward him with some some week one carries because again, this is everyone's first real live action. So we're going to see everybody on that damn roster because you know attrition is going to be key uh, in week one. We usually see people you know struggle in week one because the starters hadn't played. Well, you add that with the fact that. They haven't played a competitive game. No one on the roster has since the last competitive game last season. 
then you're going to see a lot of bodies go in and out of the game. Just keep everybody fresh. So it, I think you'll see a lot of Fournette and also a lot of Ronald Jones. Chris Carroll. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Are you a Fournette that, guy? Would you buy a Fournette jersey? No. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> What's the I last agree. jersey you bought? What? What's the last jersey you bought? Tebow? Peyton Manning. For the Super Bowl, Bron- Broncos or Broncos, uh, Colts? yep, for the Super Bowl. Right. I, well, I, and for the Colts too. I'm obviously a huge Peyton Manning guy all my life. So, they, the times that he's played in the Super Bowl, I've had both those jerseys. But anyway, back to the Tampa Bay backfield. I know Nando likes to try and distract you uh, from your thoughts. I just want the people to get to know you better. Uh, listen, Am- what Emery's saying is very true. Uh, I've been thinking the same thing in the month of September with the way camp is broke and the way, you know, the, just the pandemic and everything teams are going to be more inclined to, to go two back system. We're in the NFL now where, you know, most teams rely on two backs. Anyway, I think Tampa Bay is going to be that it'll probably be a 55 45 split at some point. I think Fournette's talent over Ronald Jones will come through and he'll be the lead guy. But I think early on the first couple of weeks of the season, uh, Ronald Jones will, will be that guy. And, uh, you know, Ronald Jones has just fallen six rounds in, in drafts since the Leonard Fournette signing. Um, I think that's too far. And, and I, on the flip side, I think where Fournette's going now in drafts at, at roughly 50th overall off the board in the fifth round, I think that's too far, you know, the other way. So if Fournette would fall down, you know, maybe a couple rounds, I'd be more interested in investing in him this year in this offense where teams can't stack boxes uh, like he saw in Jacksonville. Um, you know, I with, with Brady, you know, Brady's just a genius at the line, checking in and out of runs. That's such a major play. Emery could talk more on that. Uh, Future Jersey by Tom Brady, huh? You know, yeah. And, you know, it's just, uh, he's in a good situation. Fournette landed in the best possible landing spot, you know, talent-wise, good offensive line, and uh, the receivers that they have. He'll do damage some uh, weeks in that Tampa offense. It's just a matter of how much uh, time they give him in the backfield compared to Ronald Jones. Emery's the floor is yours if you want to talk about Tom Brady. Since Vaccaro's directing the show now. <laughs> I just think that their their offense is going to be something to be reckoned with, but also their defense. They got better defensively, so you may see more possessions because of how they'll be able to affect the pocket. JPP bringing back in Dominican Sue. Vita Vea is supposed to improve. Uh, Shaq Barrett's coming. You know they were able to get him back uh, on the franchise tag, and the secondary got better as the season went on. So we may see a we may talk more about their defense than their offense, to be honest. Yeah, and Emery, to that point, I think a lot of fantasy drafters are getting sucked in because I see a lot of really good players saying, oh, my God, this Tampa Bay offense is going to be unbelievable. Top three offense. Look at their weapons, offensive shootouts. Well, a lot of times with teams you're investing in fantasy-wise offensively, you kind of need the defense to suck and have a little bit of a back and forth. Uh, So in that second half of games, you know, it's – you know, you're in a 28-24 third quarter game, or you know, uh, and the Tampa Bay offense could really get in shootouts. This Tampa Bay defense is going to be a lot better than people realized, like you said. And it, it, I, I would temper expectations on the volume of, of offense that Tampa Bay could put out each week as, com- as compared to like a, uh, you know, a Detroit Lions team where – Stafford might have to be throwing 45, 50 times a game and just up and down the field because their defense is that bad. That that would kind of be the, uh, you know, comparison I would make. I mean, that's all. Sorry, man. I was letting you talk back because you said your name twice, like in the presidential debates. Oh, Nando, you're here still? (laughs) Oh, Nando, I forgot forgot all about you. I thought it was just me and Emery over here. I'm sorry. You see, this is why we have you on here, man. The humor. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, um, I want you know what I want to get into Fournette versus Adrian Peterson in a second, but uh, I do want to I do throw a little love to Manscaped because they're sponsoring the show. The, they're the reason Chris Vaccaro is here. So fantasy football draft season is upon us. Due to the quarantine, it's very possible you might have Zeke's haircut in your pants. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving the same way you like to gamble on football. Um, so we've been talking about this for a few weeks now. Did you come up with that? Uh, Wait, did you just come up with that? The Zeke in your pants? The... Now they give me stuff to say. Oh, that was impressive. <laughs> I knew you weren't that creative. Um, uh, is that creative? Is it, all right, man. That was is, pretty is that good. Creative? I thought that was pretty right. good. Look at Vaccaro complimenting Manscaped. Yes. 
Manscaped is on it, man. We had a yeah. we had the Manscaped show last week. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I could ask them for some Manscaped stuff. So I got so I got a lawnmower 3.0, which is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. It's got ceramic blade and skin safe technology. Your nicks and snags will be reduced. Vaquero, do you uh, how often do you shave your chest? Uh, in the summertime, every uh, week. We can't have those hairs poking through the Peyton Manning mesh parts, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hundred percent. It's got to be uh, smooth like uh, you know, smooth like butter. Uh, for a limited time, subscribers get not one but two free gifts: the Shed Travel Bag, which is a thirty-nine dollar value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. Get twenty percent off plus free shipping with the code theathletic twenty at manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off and free shipping with the code theathletic twenty at manscaped.com. Twenty percent off, free shipping at manscaped.com and use code theathletic20 it's time to boost your hygiene with the absolute besties with manscaped tm all right emory let's jump into this uh leonard fournette versus adrian peterson thing because i think i mean it's weird like these two situations are somewhat similar i think and they've kind of just fallen into place you know within like a week of each other um who do you who do you think is going to have when the dust settles is in a better situation and is going to have a better season between Leonard Fournette and who? Adrian Peterson. Fournette. Uh, once Swift gets healthy, it's going to be Swift's job. And I think the odd man out is Carrion Johnson. So once Swift gets to 100%, we may see Carrion Johnson be put on the blocks and, and, and you know, shipped out to a different team. Um, but can, I, Swift, can Swift play the slot? <laughs> yeah, you know, at first I thought you man, he, did he really ask that question? But then I forgot. He might, it, no, not, it might be a really actual question. I you never. It's not an actual not, question. He could, actually, he could actually be serious. That's a very non-doism. I was like, it he, really he slid the joke in Did right DeAndre there. Andre Swift like, play quarterback. Emery. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Can he? Can he? Will he get the goal line carries? Um, but <laughs> oh, now he's making fun of you, Vicar. <laughs> <laughs> That's everybody though. That in game script, a game flow. I think it's game script or game flow that everybody says. But point is, once Swift gets healthy, Swift will be the guy, and Peterson will be the spot duty guy. As it, it made it, it, it was interesting to see them make that move because they already have, you know, a, a kind of like a comp guy. Not to say he's the same caliber, but both Scarborough is similar as far as like what he would provide in complement to Swift. So. I just think this is going to be a swift Peterson backfield with Johnson, you know, slowly getting phased out and traded away. So I would go with Fournette. Chris, how about you? I don't even think this is a, like a valid question with, with Fournette versus Peterson. I mean, uh, Fournette all the way. All right, then I'll move on to the next one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Emery, uh, you in your column today. So I'm, I'm, you know, it's six six players who are perfectly positioned to break out this season, um, and maybe not. You know, you have you have. It was a very cool mix of guys you might have heard of, and then some guys who who got cut and made the practice squad. Um, but you know, there's Josh Jacobs, and and then there's uh, Olamide Zacchaeus. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Olamide Zacchaeus. There you go. Uh, yeah. Who's the uh, who's the athlete, the Atlanta Falcons current? Well, actually, he might be the current number three. But uh, you know, shapes up to maybe be the number four throughout the season. But you, I mean, you're kind of saying he might steal that job as a number three and jump on this guy. Like this is this is a name that no one has thrown out this year. Um, I'm sure Vaccaro, he's probably like a twenty third, twenty fourth rounder at the moment. Um, but we've kind of seen these Emory hits with guys who have a lot of talent or in a good situation, and just these things kind of just happen. Um, so can you just give a quick little overview on, or maybe a long one if you'd like, on uh, on what you saw in Zacchaeus and uh, what makes him so potentially great. This goes back to his time at Virginia. You know, they always found a way to involve him in the play. He was their, their move piece on offense. So you saw him in the backfield, you saw him in the slot, you saw him out wide, you saw him return kicks. He, he did a little bit of everything. And when he got with the Falcons, you know, he made that team as an undrafted free agent. And you saw him last year do sort of the same things. You know, I know he. I think he. Uh, I think he had like a 93-yard touchdown reception. You know, and so showing you that he has that game-breaking ability, and you know, Russell Gage. You know, pretty. You know, made a strong case to be that number three. But you know, he he because he he had a good season last year as far as 
you know, his career is concerned, but he's nursing some sort of undisclosed injury, they say. So we don't know if he's going to be available for week one. However, that does give them an opportunity to, to find creative ways to use, uh, you know, Zacchaeus. And I think Zacchaeus would probably be the ideal guy. Let's say they want to run that wide zone where they have that orbit motion going behind it, kind of like how the Saints did with Deuce McAllister and Reggie Bush or Pierre Thomas and Reggie Bush, where they're running, you know, the wide zone and they give that illusion of the motion going behind it. So you don't know if we're going to hand it off front side to the tailback or give it to Reggie Bush on that on that motion around. I think you'll see them do that with Zacchaeus in week one if Gage can't go. Or if Gage is out there, I think that'll be a role that they can find a way to get Zacchaeus on the field. I do think he's one of those unique players that, you know, he could be a, a flex guy um, on your fantasy team. But I do think if Gage does miss week one, then Zacchaeus could be a, a big factor to where, and he has a you know a productive day to where the Falcons say, hey, we got to make sure this is a common theme and not just a one week off thing because Gage was out. Chris, that's Z-A-C-C-H-E-A-U-S. Yeah, um, got it. I'm just writing it down. <laughs> uh, I know you accuse me of wanting to go too deep sometimes, but with an Atlanta Falcons offense that, you know, Dirk Cutter, all that stuff, uh, Julio Jones kind of gets hurt sometimes. Is this uh, is this someone you'd maybe consider opening your heart to? No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we're in 20 round fantasy draft no, this he's not going to get drafted now emory uh but i mean couldn't he be like the guy like emory emory dude? has gave given us james robinson so you know he, he's hitting on these deep deep you know sleepers that come out of nowhere so that's great but no one's drafting he's a defense right now he's he's down on the depth chart he's not going to play a role in terms of fantasy teams right now so in terms of fantasy you know, no, but you know, Emery's the king of scouting. You know, so maybe down the down the road, but he's not draftable right now. Are you angry that we brought him up? No, that's what Emery does. But Emery's him. that's what Emery's great at, and and props to him. He could go deep into this thing, but uh, you know, breaking players down and 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 you know, finding the talent like that. But uh, you know, Russell Gage barely gets drafted right now. Listen, so what is he, fourth on the depth chart right now? And he would probably yeah. need a Russell Gage injury uh, to play some type of role. Yeah, Reggie Bonafon got cut. That was kind of crushing. I try to tell people that, but, you know, that was a you know a fantasy Twitter fave, you know, because he could play in the slot. <laughs> Bonafon? Yeah. Fantasy like Twitter he loved work- him. He was Well, he was working out with, uh, you know, it was Jordan Rodriguez who brought him up last year when she was still with the Panthers. Um, was saying like he, the, he was doing work with McCaffrey. He wanted to make himself a McCaffrey clone. It's like, I don't even know he's a slot guy. I'm just kind of like, oh, you know, if McCaffrey goes down, you just put his clone in and everything's fine. But, Shout out to Jordan Rodriguez out there. In yeah, LA. she's cool. Do you see Mike Rams. Davis as the backup right there now, uh, Emery? Or is there someone else that you like in, in Carolina if McCaffrey? Nah, he's a backup, but he's like, like legit backup to where he probably won't even, you know, be a fantasy factor at all because they got Christian McCaffrey there's no need to take McCaffrey off the field yeah I mean it's really one of the backfields that just nobody else plays other than you know McCaffrey he's in 99% of the time I had a little theory that was going to change with Matt Rule but uh there was an article yesterday about how that's no that's not going to change so I think what's going to change is you know everyone I had this art this art not argument but a back and forth with someone um, and I hate when people do this because they'll say like, they'll text me random at a random time at like 941 um, PM, you know, and they'll say, so I was like, about oh. to ask. <laughs> right. They'll say like, yo, uh, I'm, I'm in a fantasy draft. Um, I got the second overall pick. Who do you take Lamar Jackson or um, Christian McCaffrey? I was like, well, take, take Lamar Jackson, touch the ball every play. You know, you get like a two for one with him. Yeah. He may go first. So all right, all right, then take McCaffrey then. He was like, okay, but out of McCaffrey, would you who would you take, McCaffrey or Saquon? I was like, I'll take Saquon over McCaffrey. He was like, why? McCaffrey is, you know, number one. I was like, yeah, but Saquon is probably more impactful for his team this year. Um, and he was like, well, I mean, That's they're not going to give – they're not going to feed McCaffrey. I was like, listen, McCaffrey is a starter. He's going to get a 1,000 yards rushing. 
but we're not going to see a thousand, a thousand this year. Why? Because the team got better around him last year. They didn't have that luxury of having a Robbie Anderson, of having a Teddy Bridgewater, of having, you know, a better offensive line that they have now. So there's no need to run this dude into the ground. So he's going to get his, but he won't get the 1,000 yards receiving and all those catches because I think those catches will be evenly distributed throughout the the top three options in the passing game. So there'll be a, a, there'll be a much better offense to watch. He'll get his 1,000 yards. They'll probably have, you know, um, 500 or so yards receiving. But if you're looking at Saquon Barkley, who are the threats for the Giants other than Saquon Barkley? Do not bring up, you know, the the new Jerry Rice and, and Darius Slayton. Do not bring up the new, uh, you know, Antonio Gates and Evan Ingram. Don't bring up Daniel Jones in his second year because he added weight and he promised he wasn't going to fumble the football. They have no other option outside of Saquon Barkley. That's a threat. So I would take Saquon knowing that with Jason Garrett in that offense, he'll be the Zeke of this football team. He may have the, the, you know, the Christian McCaffrey year more so than McCaffrey. I don't think anyone's out there making that argument, Chris. Are what? They? Like everyone's just kind of like, oh yeah, McCaffrey is number one. No, because they, because they, because they reactionary. I have Saquon. I'm, like, one, I'm, I'm nodding. I have I'm Saquon, nodding my head. I have Saquon for months now, one one on my board over McCaffrey. I'm with. Uh, well, yeah. But huh? Really? Oh, you know, this is the problem is because you keep this kind of close to the chest yeah. before your big drafts. So, yeah. I am, but you know what? I don't have any number one overall picks uh, last week or this week. Uh, but I'm all in. Uh, Barkley won one. Uh, by a lot? Like, did you do? Did you go uh, through the same logic game? I just think Barkley's the best back in, in the NFL. And, uh, you know, with Garrett coming in, I think – I think the whole, you know, the whole offense is based all around Barkley. I think uh, he's just going to have an absolute monster season. I'd like to hear what Emery thinks about this Giants offensive line that I continuously hear analysts that break down offensive lines think is garbage, but I see them as a top half of the NFL, uh, you know, offensive line this year. I don't think they're getting enough credit, especially with bringing in Thomas out of Georgia, uh, you know, on the line. Sure, they lose Nate Soldier, but. Uh, you know, they replace him with the kid out of Connecticut, uh, who's supposedly, and here's another thing that Emery, I'm sure, could talk about. He's supposedly doing really well holding up his end of the bargain on the line uh, this year. You got Zeitler. Uh, Will Hernandez is an absolute animal. Uh, and uh, I think the offensive line is going to be more than uh, good enough this year for Barkley to run behind. And the offense has improved. Um you know, I don't think I could say the same for that offensive line in Carolina and, and learning a new system that uh, rule brings in right away. I see them cutting off to a slow start in Carolina and McCaffrey might feel the effects of it a little bit. See, I don't think their offense is going to be a problem because they they made an even swap with um, Los Angeles, the Chargers for, you know, Russell Kung and, and Trey Turner, although they gave up their best guard, but they had someone waiting in the wings. Their offensive line wasn't a problem. Uh, last year, and I think they're because of the new uh, offense with Joe Brady having already worked with Teddy Bridgewater, who is stylistically similar to what they had at LSU in Joe Burrow. That offense is going to be fine. As far as the Giants are concerned, you are right about the offensive line, um, but that's the problem when people try to make excuses for bad quarterback play. We see this going on with uh, you know Josh Rosen. I just wish someone believed in me, like everyone believes in Josh Rosen's potential yeah. right or like how Salfino believes in Darnold's magic but if you just give him Jerry Rice you give him uh Elshon Jeffrey you give him Andre Johnson you give him Bo Jackson you give him Herschel Walker you give him the Dallas Cowboys offensive line in the 50s he'll show you what he can do um no if you need all that to be average then you're the average part of the, the team so I think it's because a lot of you know in a, and you look at a lot of sacks that Jones had last year a lot of them weren't on the offensive line. It's because Jones has zero pocket awareness. I was at the scrimmage two weeks ago and saw him take a couple of sacks that he could have avoided and also fumble the football. Now, they spent all spring telling us he worked out in North Carolina. He added eight pounds of muscle. He really focused on, you know, protecting the football. You know, the, the reports coming out of camp was that he is serious about this. This is something that he wants to be better at. He's shown leadership because he broke the huddle at the scrimmage, 
all of that is is great fodder for nothing when you get out there on the field and have to play an actual game. And we saw in the scrimmage, still holds the ball too long, still has zero pocket awareness, and still fumbles the football. So the offensive line, yes, still have some issues because they're starting a young tackle in Thomas, although very talented and athletic. But I worry about the right side with Cameron Fleming um, being a weak link. So it won't be soon before we see uh, it won't be long before we see Matt Parrott go in there, um, the rookie, and you know you have two starting rookie tackles, and they'll just use that as the excuse why Daniel Jones isn't successful because, well, there's certain two rookies at tackles. No, it's because Daniel Jones is a common denominator. But And this is going to be the worst matchup, to be honest, because they face Pittsburgh. And so, yeah, you know, well, I, I just... Early is really brutal. They got the 49ers uh, D-line coming in uh, early. Yeah, they're going to get tested pretty early. So, yeah. But I said all that to say... Barkley is in a better spot because that guard's in a guard for the Giants. Nick Gates is going to start at center, I believe, and he has had a phenomenal career so far playing tackle, playing guard, now playing center. He's been one of their more consistent linemen that has gotten better every year. Um, and so the run game happens with those three interior linemen, and that's where Barkley's going to just feast. Uh, so I do see Barkley having a, a fantastic year because he's one, talented, but you're right, that offensive line – is a lot better than people are giving it credit for. Yeah, like I've seen them ranked like 25th, 27th, 24th. Like, you know, I'm like, whoa, I, I don't I don't agree with that at all. I think so that- many people, so many people, whether it's fantasy or just in regular football, need to see it before they saw it. And I keep stressing that because everyone is being lazy. If you are understanding what you're doing and, and taking the proper time to evaluate uh, talent or evaluate the situation and really watch what's going on, and what's the trend rather than relying on self-created statistics, you'll see a lot, you know, you'll see a, a more clearer picture that'll help you as a, as an analyst, as a family fantasy football player, as a, as a reporter. But, you know, I know I'm, let me get off the soapbox because it's just, I just get so passionate about people, you know, taking the easy way out when they, when it comes <laughs> to football talk, which is why we get the, the responses on our articles and, the constant back and forth on Twitter because a lot of people are just being poisoned by the masses that are, that they're trusting to give them good information. How about that? I like what you get up on the soapbox. Makes for a good show. <laughs> I was on a rant right there, man. That's I know, man. That was pretty that good. Was, yeah. That was energy. Nando, by the way, here, it's Nando? Wednesday. What? You're still here. Yeah. Hey, what's up? <laughs> By the way, hold on. We got we got to we got to shout out Roman real quick, uh, and then I want to pick it back up with uh, some football team talk. And uh, every week I'm going to hit Naheem Hines until someone you know listens. I know Emery's with me on this one. Maybe absolutely. But if you were to guess on average how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week? Actually, on average, most people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically, a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor, licensed in your state, all from the comfort of home. Roman makes it convenient to get you the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides the treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments, and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com slash FantasyFootball for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash FantasyFootball for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Uh, let's jump into uh, Naheem Hines, actually. Uh, Vicaro, like our, our feelings have been, I know you listen to the show every week uh, with me and Emery, but I was wondering how you feel about Naheem Hines. Just just for the people listening. I mean, how do I feel about it? We're talking fantasy here. So, I mean, you, you have Marlon Mack and you got Jonathan Taylor. So how, how can you physically, how can you possibly play a Naheem Hines on a weekly basis and feel like your fantasy team is going to be successful? Like you ready for it? See, he doesn't believe because Go ahead. let's hear it. He lines up in the slot, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Where's Paris? But- Wait, where's Paris Campbell? They're gonna have Paris Campbell out there, who I love this year. I, I think Paris Campbell right. is gonna save fantasy teams on, on capitalize on him as a wide receiver four or five. I think 
Paris Campbell could be a, a, a legit fantasy wide receiver too this year in, in Indianapolis. I think it fits perfectly with Rivers. Uh, there's so many mouths to feed in Indianapolis this year. I really believe, uh, Reich, that he's going with a 1-1A and 1A approach with Taylor and, and Marlon Mack. Hines is going to have to make his bones on, on third down. Uh, Emery, I guess you see it a little differently in Indianapolis? Yeah, because you look at why all of the fantasy world is hype about Austin Eckler. Um, Who I as hate. if Right. Because, oh, yeah, come on, Chris. You not like a guy. I don't feel so strong about it. <laughs> I'm just saying. He's he's so grossly overdrafted where he is on he the He is. Because, because Rivers wasn't pushing the ball downfield. Mm-hmm. And he was prone to checking it down, which was perfect for Eckler. Yes. And I think because you see uh, um, Hines being a better receiver than Mac, you'll see Hines in there a little bit more. And we know Rivers will find a check down. Now, they what they don't have in Indy is something that they had in Los Angeles. They have a tight end in Los Angeles that was worthy of targets. They don't have that per se. I mean, Doyle is good, but not Hunter Henry good. But they do have those three receivers. But I also think if you're going to go into a sprint package, which is your three receivers and maybe two backs or three or pony package with two backs and three receivers, um, then Naheem Hines still has a role. And I think he'll still be a good flex play. But you're right. Because of Mac's ability and Taylor's lead dog status, Hines is, is more of the ideal flex play to me, as opposed to an RB1 or RB2. I mean, right now he's in high stakes draft. He goes off the board around 160 to 170th overall. Uh, he's just a guy that you throw on, on the back end of your roster as a, as a six. Um, he's going to need an injury to one of those two guys to get on the field more. But, uh, you know, yeah, he does fit that, that Rivers check down type of, of role there. But when, when you factor in, I, this is a, a Colts defense that I, I'm also really high on. I think they're another team that will avoid being in those, you know, playing from behind shootout types. I think they're, uh, you know, uh, one of those teams that won't trail uh, too much where I think a high, a Naheem Hines would come into uh, factor even more. But uh, it's it's tough. I can't see. I, I would love to see how many snaps he gets a game on the field, and that's tough to put in your fantasy lineup every week. A guy that you're praying that he catches five balls to make himself relevant in in your fantasy lineup. But I mean, I was, so I was thinking of him as, you know, even if he gets tw- let's say twenty five snaps, those are gonna be twenty five really good efficient snaps where Philip Rivers is probably gonna pass to him a lot. I would think. All right. Well, I just I mean, think- he's not gonna get more than how many carries a game. I'll uh, say three. Okay, so say three. So it's three. Ten, I mean, say three for seven. Uh, you know, it's a three for twelve. That's okay. So, like I said, it, it, first off, you can't draft them unless it's a full point PPR league, okay. right? Which is all what all the high stakes leagues are. Yeah. So basically, he you're looking at him. You're going to need him to be like the James White of the Colts. And right. Well, that's I think that's what Emory and I are looking at him as. Huh? What's that? I think that's what Emory and I. I think that's what we're looking at him as. Okay. I mean, so he's going to have to come in and he's going to have to catch six balls a game to be relevant in your your lineup every week. You know, six for 60, you know, he's going to have to be that type of running back every week in your lineup. And still, if he doesn't get in the end zone, that's 12 points, you know? Uh, Not not bad, huh? Terrible, actually. (laughs) No, it's not. Okay. Stop it, Chris. All right. Well, all right. All right, well, I thought I thought we could finish on a nice note, but I guess not. We're done already. We're having so much fun. Look at your clock, man. Hey. I just got the note from Beller. Wrap it up. We can't even talk about Dwayne Haskins right now. God, time flies when you're having fun. Chris, Superflex League. Uh, do, do you love Dwayne Haskins as much? We'll give you one last chance to end this on a high note. I don't play. How much Super do you love Flex. Dwayne Haskins? I don't play Superflex, but I think Haskins <laughs> should be <laughs> such an elitist. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you a quarterback that goes in the Dwayne Haskins range that I don't think they should be going close to each other. Derek Carr should be drafted as a super flex quarterback or a QB two in leagues. I think that Oakland offense is going to be underrated. And uh, that's a team that, that I could see putting up some good numbers every week. So I would take Carr over a guy like Haskins. Emery, they'll believe someday, man. Uh, you know, they got to see it before they saw it already. I think actually, you know how every week there's a week one upset. I think Washington upsets Philly. Think about it. Philly's offensive line is a bit banged up going up against that defensive front. 
not exactly ideal what you want to see. Plus, they still have some questions in the secondary with a, you know, an, an offense that has that that was having success against them last year. So, should be fun. I would love to see. Remember last year? Well, I mean, obviously everyone remembers it, but when Lamar Jackson, like for all off season and, and even like the end of the season before and after that playoff loss. Like, Lamar Jackson can't throw. Lamar Jackson can't throw. Greg Roman's coming in. That's going to be a running QB. Remember what he did, you know, in Buffalo and with Kaepernick and whatever. Um, and Lamar Jackson comes out and throws for like 500 yards and five <laughs> touchdowns and just waves like a big middle finger in everybody's face. I would love for them to come out and their game plan be like Dwayne Haskins, just go throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns, man. I, I can see what Emery's saying with that upset special right there. I think Washington's catching seven points uh, to Philly. In week one, I'll give you another seven-point dog that I like upset. I think Miami goes into New England and beats New England in week one. I like Miami. Oh, we didn't even get to Jordan Howard. Threats. There's so much so much digging we can do, but we won't. Uh, so good luck. By the time uh, you next hear our voices, unless you talk on the phone every day to Vaccaro, uh, we're going to be in a football season next time. Yeah. We're going to have week one results we to talk it. about. We made it. Yeah. So get excited, everybody, and uh, you know keep your fingers crossed. Um, let's hope that Ryquel Armstead is the only COVID guy that we encounter. But uh, this will be fun, man. I can't wait. Chris Carroll, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's always fun. Oh, thank you guys for uh, having me, and uh, love the show. Keep having success. Uh, which, which one's your favorite episode so far? Uh, the first one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good luck. I hope you don't run into any more wires today. Uh, oh man that was bad yeah <laughs> Emery Hunt as always man this is good we're gonna make little believers one by one Vaccaro jumped on Saquon Barkley with you immediately when he heard your argument so that was good yes Smart yeah, I, I had CMC as one overall and then as soon as Emery said it I said you know what let me throw that out the window and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna jump on the Emery bandwagon on that yes all I'm saying is you never mentioned that until after Emery said something because I'm a high stakes player that don't doesn't reveal that stuff like that <laughs> why would I do that <laughs> I don't know. I'm a best ball player, and I still tell people I want Saquon number one. <laughs> anyway, <Right. laughs> Emery, uh, good luck this week, man. Uh, do you even have, do you do a couple fantasy teams just for the heck of it? I don't have a fantasy team. I just like being right, so that's my fantasy team. <laughs> I keep I keep tracks of I just keep track of the lineup of who I was right about, and just you know, um, you know, just have a nice sip of coffee and smile on Monday morning. Like you know what, I'm a genius. I like it. It's such humility. So humble. So humble. Yeah. You got to, man, because I tried to play the humble. I tried to play the humble role before, and all it got me was nowhere. So, you know what? We're going out guns a-blazing. Talking trash to everybody. More reckless on the comments. I'm getting after everyone. There you go. He's making that Andre the Giant. <laughs> Emery, Emery reinvented himself as a villain. That's it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for joining us. We hope this show was helpful and you enjoyed it. Welcome to football season, everybody. We'll see you next. Oh, thank you to Manscaped and Roman for uh, for showing up and helping out the show. We love you all. We'll see you next week when we have actual football analysis to talk about. Dwayne Haskins, four touchdown game. Naheem Hines, five receptions for 120 yards and four touchdowns. We'll see you later. We'll see you later.